Welcome to Damn Fine Commentary, the internet's only Twin Peaks podcast with a real-life Dave and Lynch. In this series, we'll be reviewing and chatting about each of the 18 parts of Twin Peaks Season 3. So as they say in the Black Lodge... Here we go. Welcome back. It's Phil Willis here. Nav Prasad. And Steve Lynch. And we're here looking at part three of Twin Peaks The Return. How exciting. We're finally working our way through these episodes, or parts I should say. And uh, to bring us up to speed, we've got our very own man from another place. It's Dave Bluestein. Take it away, Dave. Tell us, what did we just see? Hello. It is the world's most confusing episode recaps with the man from another place. And in episode three, Coop is still in space. He lands on the balcony of a purple room overlooking a CGI ocean. We've clearly come a long way since Josie turned into a doorknob. In the room is a lady with no eyes who maybe longs to see. Hmm? Uh, She breathes on Coop a little. Something scary tries to come into the room, pounding on the door. Incidentally, that pounding seems to sync up with Sam and Tracy having sexy times in episode one. So make of that what you will. The no-eyed woman warns Coop away from a safe-numbered 15 and takes him upstairs to a starry rooftop, throws a switch, is electrocuted and flung into space. Meanwhile, the disembodied head of Major Briggs floats by saying, Blue Rose. Coop goes back downstairs where the safe is now numbered 3 and there's a new backward speaking lady. Plus, it's 2.53 on his watch, which was the time the arm warned him about. She tells him that when he gets there, he'll already be there, a reference, I guess, to Dougie, who we'll meet in a moment, and then tells Coop to hurry because her mother's coming. The same mother, perhaps, who rips Sam and Tracy apart. As one fan has pointed out, this does sync up with their death scene in episode 1. On the road to Yankton, Bad Coop manages not to be sucked back into the lodge, but not before vomiting gum and bosia all over his car at exactly 2.53. He's created another Cooper as a decoy, I guess, a chubby, dull philanderer known as Dougie Jones. Dougie is being entertained by a sex worker named Jade, but while she's having a shower, his arm goes numb, he pukes on the carpet and disappears into the red room where he shrinks and pops, losing his alcave ring and transforming into a gold pearl. I hate it when that happens. Cooper pops out of an electrical socket in Dougie's place, only he's not quite right. Billy talks. He doesn't seem to know who or where he is, how to put shoes on, or how to comment on the slightly problematic portrayal of women and people of colour in Twin Peaks so far that Jade clearly represents. They're in Vegas, so Jade decides to drive Cooper to a casino. Uh, Cooper, who she mistakes for Dougie, is pretty catatonic, but he does bend down to pick up a key to the Great Northern Hotel that was still in his jacket pocket. Uh, And as it turns out, there are uh, gangsters who are trying to kill Dougie, but at that precise moment he bends over, they don't see him. So instead, they stake out the place that Dougie, Coop, and Jade just left. Meanwhile, a junkie mother across the street yells, 119, while the gangsters put a bomb under Dougie's car. Cops arrive at Bad Cooper's car crash and take him away, but are nearly killed by the vomit stench of the Garmin Bozier. Meanwhile, back in Twin Peaks, Hawk puts up the Donut Disturb sign while Andy and Lucy troll, or help him troll through the evidence of the Palmer case to figure out what's missing, just like the log lady said. Lucy's pretty sure it's a chocolate bunny because she ate one, but even though they make her fart. It's weird to me that Hawk looks so much older than Lucy and Andy, but is clearly the only one here who does not seem senile. Jade drops the terminally useless Cooper slash Dougie slash brain scrambled basket case at a casino where a vision from the waiting room causes him to get jackpot after jackpot each time yelling, Hello! Meanwhile, uh, remember how Jacoby had all those shovels? He's painting them gold. Over in Washington, Gordon Cole, along with a new recruit called Tammy, and the world's most irascible pacifist, Agent Rosenfeld, are looking at the evidence from the death of Sam and Tracy, but not for long. Turns out Cooper is alive and well and in prison. Well, bad Cooper, as we know. So they plan to head over in the morning. Then it's more music at the Roadhouse, and that's all for episode three. There we go. Now we're all caught up. Incredibly visually stunning episode, this one, I've got to say. Yeah, this is where Lynch really took the Black Lodge pieces of of episode two and said, all right, I see that, and now I raise it. (laughs) Here's the 21st century stuff that we've got going on. We've got a purple room now. 
Yeah, and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Um, and then we go from, from a purple room into this incredible rose-coloured room. Um, and then I, I think we, we go to a, a darker room with a blue velvet couch. Yeah, there's, oh, there's all sorts of things going on here. We definitely need to address um, the new this new... Halfway house or, or spot that's, <laughs> Halfway. It's, it's, somewhere it's between, where they put them when they're yeah that's right when exactly. they just can't when they're not quite in the red room and they're not quite in the real world yeah non-existent and Docs just doesn't want a part of you <laughs> then you go into the purple room that's where you go um, yeah so and then we meet this uh, new character I thought initially it might have been uh, Josie Packard but I checked the actress and it's not it's no, not Josie Packard no. um, this woman with her eyes stitched shut um, so Nido in the credits that's oh Nido oh yeah. 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 Um, I think she maybe is a Korean actor. I'm not 100% sure. So, um, yeah, so in another Kubrick callback, yeah, here we are. We're eyes did shut. There you go. And while we're used to people talking backwards, what we're not used to is David Lynch playing it like a DJ and just going, whack on, whack on, Oh, God. I was, I was thinking the same thing is that, I mean, time flows differently in the Black Lodge and in the Red Room and all of those places. Um, so why should be we should be surprised that... Time definitely flows in weird, uh, yeah. non-linear directions here. And this is a, com- a complete microcosm of the whole series, basically, where you never know the scenes that you're watching, at what point in time you're watching them. And it's the first time we see a new type of what I suspect is going to end up being a portal. So in the in the, in the the red room where Nido and, and Coop are, are hanging out, Coop's attracted to a, I guess it looks like a safe on the wall. I was like, um, uh, like it was like an electrical outlet as well. Like there were plugs yeah, exactly. and all different doohickeys. It's it's like what you say if you said to an eight year old, draw electric an electrical outlet. They might just like yeah. throw all sorts of totally. inventions. Yeah, yeah. And, and and a numbered fifteen. So I don't know what the significance of that is, other than the fact there's at least fourteen others somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Oh, yeah. The um the other the thing that it reminded me of was looks like the the test pattern of a of a oh, TV yeah. station because it had all intricate designs and yeah. all like almost like a mandala of uh, of uh, you know circular designs and squiggles. And the more you look at it, you know, the more that you get out of it. But maybe we're reading too much into it. It's got the number fifteen on, which might. Might, uh, might prove significant later on. I well, speaking of reading too much into it, as as we've established from the previous episodes, I do like getting onto the internet <laughs> and just like lurking and seeing all the ridiculous theories that there are. Some people have suggested that because that outlet is 15 and the one that he ends up going through, as we'll talk about later, is 3, yeah. some people are like, he has clearly gone back to 2003 rather than 2015. Oh. And so all the rest of this is actually happening 12 years earlier than everything else we're seeing. Um, and maybe as a result, he's the billionaire who's like oh, made wow. all this money. Wow. And then everyone else is like... Look at the number plates. Look at the mobile exactly. phone. Look at the iPad he's using. It's not fucking 2003. <laughs> so, yes, we can. I think we can throw away that theory. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, see, I was prepared to go with that. I, exactly. yeah. I totally bought oh, into yeah. that. Um, yeah. but, but, I mean, what we do know about it is it emits some kind of, of electrical charge or, or sort of magnetic force, which um, for portal number 15 isn't the right place for, for Coop to go. But we, we see what happens with that sort of later on in the episode. Also, um, one thing that, or the way that we know that it's not the right place for you is the way that she tries to stop him. Exactly. Oh, yes. And in that uh, 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 yeah. kind of fast-forward rewind. Yeah, wow. and she's and she's like slitting her throat, and there's like a sort of a like a sword, like a swing, swing kind of noise when she's doing that. So, yeah. which actually, um, and this is what I hinted at last episode. Now, so now that we're up to episode three, we can I can 
uh, say this Talk about again. Gay abandoned. Again, this is something that I got from the internet, so I can't claim uh, the intellectual property of working this out. But someone, some mad genius with a lot of time on their hands on the internet, went to uh, episode one where the guy and the girl are in New York. Yep, Tracy. Uh, and then, and also episode two where Coop falls, uh, sort of makes his appearance. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then you also remember at the end of episode two is where, for a moment, you see the re the repeat of the bit in episode one where they're yeah, outside yeah, the and she's oh, like, Sam and Tracy oh, where's the yeah. guard and all that. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, someone has used those two bits as the cue point and so has gone backwards and worked out that, yes, if you run those two bits in real time, Coop <laughs> appears the moment that he leaves that room and that room is empty and if you run them in real time, they actually marry up in terms of the amount of time that passes and Coop is in there and then gets sucked backwards wow. and then they <laughs> come in just after he he disappears again. Yep. And then if you continue that on into episode three, because episode two finishes before the roadhouse bit yeah, with yeah. him falling through space, yep. and episode three starts that exact same moment again, if you keep that going in real time, her doing that symbol of like, ching, 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 and yeah. trying to stop him is the exact moment that they get killed, and the exact same sound effect happens as the alien thing is going oh, away. Wow. So... <laughs> So even though we thought heard the banging, we're like, oh, that's mother, and mother is the scary alien possibly that kills her. Maybe it's her stopping him and her her yes, movements yeah. that is actually bleeding I over. Don't even oh, know how that's incredible. you would even come to think of putting those things. And then together. what happens if you play um, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon? Like, that, what happens then? Yeah, um, the that's phenomenal. Yeah, there's definitely some link between those because we we sort of flash back between the the two things. And yeah, again, talking about where. Time moves forwards and backwards. Maybe that's why David Lynch had to spend so much time jicket, jicket, jicket with the that's time. Right. Just he had to get the, he had to get him to sync up correctly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, well, we could cut other bits. We could cut the really long silences out of episode one, but no, the no. stuff that will just extend episode three. But yeah. for whatever reason, Nido leads Cooper away from portal number fifteen um, and takes him up a ladder. Yep. Into an incredibly. It's, it's it's strange. It kind of feels like nineteen seventies special effects work. Oh yeah, yeah. With the, with the box and the uh, and the bell shaped attachment um, out in the you know amongst a billion stars for one of them. Yeah, I love the way they get out of this box and it's clearly smaller than the room they are in. I literally it's talk like about Narnia bad special basic. effects. Oh, it's yeah. like a TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. Speaking and of bad seventies special effects, that yeah. the the bell is of course the same size as the portal from the New York room. That yeah, exactly. At. And so I don't know about you guys, but I was looking at it just like. Turning my head and just going, oh yeah. So wait, so <laughs> oh, sideways. Yeah. This is all the rest of New York. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And um, well, Naidu doesn't waste any time. She pulls the switch, pulls this lever down, which we'll see more of people pulling levers down later in the episode when we get to the casino. Um, electrocutes herself and makes so you wonder the- where the fuck you go exactly. if you're non-existent, and then you get sent. Off into space. Oh, and, and, and why? I just why did feeling, she do it? Do you oh, think? I've got no idea. I think she's worried. Maybe she's worried about the thing banging on the door, or or she's know. kind of fulfilled her purpose. Yeah, perhaps. I yeah. just get the feeling that if you're falling through this nothingness, and it reminded me of um, Laura Palmer in Fire Walk with Me was talking about if you fall and you just keep falling, do you fall faster and faster and faster, or do the angels stop you? And she said, I don't think the angels stop you. I think you just keep falling faster and faster and faster until you, like, burn up in fire or something like that. There was some quote like that from Fire Walk With Me. Yeah, there was. I just get the feeling that you just fall and fall and fall and then you just happened upon these little asteroids or rocks or little bits and pieces in this ether and somehow he's just fallen down onto this rock and there's probably 
Naito's going to fall onto another rock or yeah. another place somewhere as well. Well, maybe she's her sacrificing herself in that way is what uh, brings the PowerPoints to life because the, even though he's attracted to that outlet number 15, it's not until he gets to the next room that he sees a lamplight pop on and that's a, an outlet that he actually can use yeah. to get back into the world yeah. of existence. Yeah. And, a, and, existence. A and, a, and a symbol. And a symbol. But I guess the, one of the, the themes, and it's a recurring theme throughout Twin Peaks, is, is the use of electricity and, and, and static to, to convey something, you know, whether it's energy or there's, uh, there's, a, for, there's a force at work or that is a, a portal where a force, some sort of force is at work. Yeah. yeah. And finally he can... Oh, sorry, 315, his Cooper's hotel room key is yes. 315. So I don't know if 315 has got anything to do with that other than just random coincidence. Yeah. Are there any random coincidences in this stuff? No, <laughs> probably not. But we meet a couple of interesting... I, I guess before Coop goes into that next room... Um, whilst he's sitting uh, sitting on that platform out in the middle of nowhere, we see a we, oh. see, we see Major Briggs. Yes, yes. well the dis, the dis, the capitated head of Major Briggs just passing by and Blue Rose. Yeah, Blue which Rose. again is another recurring theme. Well, Blue Rose is explicitly mentioned in Firewalk with Me. Correct. A few times, yeah. uh, and then later uh, in Twin Peaks season three, there's a reference as well. Um, I, I what did you think? Now, did you have you always had theories about what Blue Rose meant? Well, I always just thought it was those particular cases that couldn't be explained. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, where there was some sort of either supernatural or some kind of unexplained element to it that is yeah. not of this world. Yeah, so, yeah. Which makes you wonder when if you were in a lodge for twenty five years with people speaking backwards, and then a tree said you're non-existent. You fell through space into a purple ocean. <laughs> And then we're with a lady who had her eyes stitched shut and you walked out into space. Would you need the disembodied head of a friend to say, this is a supernatural <laughs> case? No, actually, I wrote... like, no shit, yeah, I, know. I know, I actually wrote that in my notes. I said, Blue Rose, wow, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Thanks for the tip. We should point out at this, po- uh, at this point that, um, well, number one, uh, that seeing that big ocean that is an incredible symbol that we don't often get a chance to see in David Lynch's work, but he has written about it before where... Uh, you know, the number one question he gets asked from fans and journalists is, "Where what the hell? The fuck, bro? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where the hell are your ideas come from? Are you on drugs?" And he says, "Like, no. A lot of his process comes from transcendental med- meditation." And he talks about the idea that if you're just looking for small ideas, you just fish in the shallows and you get small fish. But if you want to get into the deep, deep, deep waters and these deep, deep themes, he says you've got to get out into the deep, um, the deep waters. And there's a great book that he wrote called, I think it's called. David Lynch catching the big fish. It's all about meditation, creativity, consciousness, and, and what it all means. And we'll put a link in the show notes, and the the fans and listeners can have a um, a look and check that out. But it's a nice short book to read. But in terms of showing uh, David Lynch's process and what it all means, like it's very very much ties all of that ideas yeah. of the depths you've got to patiently wait for for these serendipitous ideas to come up and uh, come up to the surface so um but did anyone notice the blue rose sitting on a table in the next room i did not i did not what what where in the this is before he becomes before he becomes reborn on earth exactly so remember he goes to a final room where portal three is yeah i want a better term and he meets american girl who looks remarkably like renette pulaski well the credits say that she is and yeah (laughs) correct correct. although she's credited as american american girl yes but it's the same actress yeah absolutely absolutely but uh, in the back of the room on a table is a a vase with a single blue rose how did i possibly miss that 
Wow. You're not awesome like Nav, Phil. Oh, really? That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I, you guys are always spotting the stuff that I was like, I was just sitting there going, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and <laughs> scrolling through Reddit going, hmm, yeah. Crazy <laughs> can right. I come up with today? I think your version is better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I guess we should talk about the significance of the time 253. 253, yeah. So it's being predicted and possibly... This is the this is the point there that well if all had gone according to plan bad coop comes back in good coop comes back out and all is right with the world but um, bad coop has other plans well let's just talk about the second coming of Cooper Cooper swaps bodies with a guy that we've just met called Dougie so let, anyway let's just talk us through the Dougie situation so we've got Dougie also played by Kyle McLaughlin in maybe a fat suit with a bad wig and... I'd like to think that he's just done the De Niro thing. Yeah. Since he had to shoot his scenes in Vegas anyway, he just went to, like, the all-you-can-eat burgers, the buffets in Vegas. Nice. Chowed down for a few weeks and then, like, right, that's Dougie. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all Give you need. Give him his yeah. green suit. <laughs> so, yeah, Cooper, I mean, and it makes sense. Like, even though it's a crazy idea, you're like, well, if... Cooper's doppelganger knew for 25 years that this was the day on which he would have to go back. Uh, he's had 25 years to plan. So yeah. he's, uh, as uh, Philip Gerard or Micah says in the Black Lodge, he's been manufactured. Yeah. He manufactured Dougie uh, for the for this exact purpose. Yeah. Uh, and it works a treat. Yes. Um, however they've done this thing, they've created this golem of a guy who just seems like a, I don't know, seems like a regular sort of normal guy, except he's got the he's got the Owl Lodge uh, ring on. So there must be enough of a, in terms of putting a false scent out there in terms of the person that Good Cooper should swap places with, well, mission accomplished. He's definitely got that um, going on. He f- also feels a numbness in his arm, like he yep. can't feel yeah, his arm. Yeah, that's right. Um, so whatever, however... We're presuming that Bad Cooper manufactured this guy, um, and it makes total sense that he would. Whatever he's done there has absolutely been successful because Coop does, in fact, not swap places with Bad Coop. He actually swaps places with Decoy Dougie. Yeah. Well, because Bad Coop resists the pull of the cigarette lighter in his car. Yeah. yeah. Well, it turns out even it must have been pretty touch and go even because he's uh, he's got the cigarette lighter pulling. It's clearly making him ill. Uh, we've got... The red drapes yeah, start yeah, appearing. Yeah, you yeah, think yeah. like, oh, it could be touch and go. One of these guys has got to go. Um, so. Makes me think, why didn't he just go to an Amish community for the day? And just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no don't worry about manufacturing. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, just stay away from electricity for the day. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah be great. you get sucked into a sundial maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the yeah, Dougie was um, the, as we discover about Dougie generally. I'd, I'd love to see a little back uh, flashback of how Dougie's lived his life because when he starts, uh, spoilers, walking around with no brain whatsoever, yeah. everyone's like, ah, oh, Dougie. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of those days, Dougie. Oh, oh yeah, because you're actually daydreaming again, Dougie, oh, yeah. I think is the, uh, the line. Yeah, yeah. And, well, even we uh, we see um, Dougie interact with his wife and family afterwards and they don't even, that, they don't bother to call that and call an ambulance or no. like, get, oh, Dougie, come on. Yeah. Um, well, look, we should mention... We've finally seen our first um, prominent person of colour uh, in Twin Peaks. And, yeah, thanks, Lynch. Really? So the first first woman of colour that we see, and it's a naked it's hoe. It's pretty disappointing, isn't it? That's pretty upset. Mm. Uh, it's just gross. She's gorgeous. Don't oh, get me yeah. wrong. She's absolutely stunning, but it's a bit disappointing. And that's a trope. And even and also the trope of uh, the hooker with the heart of gold. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's, yeah, there's not a lot of originality there. Yeah. 
Boo, David Lynch. Come on, lift your game. <laughs> in terms of the the uh, uh, American Indian population, yeah. like you've got a, a very a, a wise Indian guide. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a black hooker, and that's your people of colour. Yeah, that's right. I think he must have been fishing in the shallows for those ideas. They were, <laughs> they were not deep, deep ideas. You know, um, when when Cooper goes through portal number three, he leaves his... Well, first of all, I'm like, how the hell did he manage to fit through such a small hole? <laughs> well, he left his, left his shoes <laughs> he behind. He left his shoes behind, right? And, and I think we, we haven't gotten to Dougie going through... Um, the portal into the Black Lodge, but he leaves his shoes behind us. Yes, well. they do. A, I guess they do a shoe swap. So, I mean... Given it's David Lynch, there's got to be some significance to what what shoes means. And given that both come out without their their selves or their identities, I just wonder whether. Do you say they led their souls behind? Oh, Oh, boom! Drop the mic. That up so nicely for you. I'm here all day. Yes, Uh, I just came up with that. The. no, no, well, the other thing that comes with it is he seems to be obsessed by shoes. Like, um, Leo was always banging on that he needed new shoes. Oh, yeah. And then when he went, when he got comatose, all he could talk about was new shoes. Philip Gerard was a shoe salesman. Yes, he was. Yeah, oh, yeah. The one, uh, the one our man was a shoe salesman. Salesman. Because I was there just thinking, well, shoes don't conduct electricity. Like, oh, yeah, right. If you're in a lightning storm, yes, like, oh, yeah. you're going to like, have Keep the leather sold shoes. There you go. Yeah. Did, but... Nice. I love that. Um, so, poor old Dougie. Is uh, he comes back? He's, he's wrenched back into he's, the lodge. And he says, "Like, oh, this is weird." This, <laughs> he's the first person to actually admit this is actually weird. Like, Cooper just goes in there, going, yeah. "Like, oh, I guess this is what it is." And Dougie is just completely with no experience whatsoever in what the hell this is. But not before he's thrown up some one hell of a lot of gum and bows. Oh yeah, that's that's like a real. Cat sick thing going on there, yeah. Yeah, he's got a little sad amount of Garmavosia, and Bad oh. Cooper's just got a bucket load of water. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah. enough to send a cop to the hospital. But, but yeah, so poor old Dougie, so he's he starts fat and clueless, and then he gets sucked into the Black Lodge, has time to say, This is weird, and then. <laughs> And then, and then his head just becomes a little bit wisp of smoke, yeah. and then he becomes two different pearls. Yeah. And uh, the ring slips off his finger as he sort of gets smaller and smaller and shrinks and, uh, yeah, and becomes... Makes me wonder who's going to wear the ring next. Ooh. Then we've got a little bit of a return to Twin Peaks. Oh, hooray. Finally. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And this is something that I'm very embarrassed to admit. It was only on the second viewing that I understood the meaning of the sign donut. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I was just like, I'm clean. They've got they've got a picture of donuts and they're clearly saying feel free to disturb us if you've got donuts. Oh right. Oh. But then yeah. I was just like, oh no no, it's working on no, no, many no, less levels. No there. no, I think that could actually work though. <laughs> only disturbed. I think that would be the only reason why you could have disturbed. Only disturbed okay. with donuts. You've okay. got, I, no, no, Nav, I know you've got a you've got a picture of it. You, yeah, I drew it. I just uh, love it, it so diary, much. Yeah. Apparently, there's a free download, so oh, um, nice. we might actually put that up on the show notes oh, as well. Good idea. You can find all the show notes at daveandlynch.com, and this episode is going to be daveandlynch.com forward slash part three. So uh, check us out there. You'll see all the links and all of the uh, the good stuff that we're talking about up there. So yeah, so Hawk and um, Lucy and Andy are trying to make sense of Margaret Lanneman's something is missing message, which gives rise to a whole three minutes of hilarity. No, <laughs> oh, depends on your definition of hilarity, it's, I guess. L- Lucy is really starting to grate on me, and uh, particularly part four, which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh God, it's really starting to get on my nerves. I mean, it's kind of cute now but it, it starts getting tedious I feel like Lynch hasn't known how to evolve what was a wonderfully kooky character in seasons one and two 
Um, I mean, clearly you would think that over 25 years, and given this woman has a 23-year-old son, she has matured in some respect. But I'm, I'm sure he's not... I don't know what... To make, be honest, I'm... I'm I, I love it. Like, yeah. I, there are you certain, are such a fan. I know. I'm such a, there are certain scenes that I don't... So this is one where I'm thinking, okay, this is... The, the pacing of this feels a bit off and there's not enough lines that are adorable. It's, it's just a little bit too much of, wait, it's all here. If it's missing, it's not here. Let's um, all sit down. But I don't so Let's much me put it down, down. To, the, to the character or, or and... The other, the other bits and pieces that the character has done or will do, I've been like, <laughs> I love you, Lucy. Um, well, I've, I've started thinking, because I've actually got in my notes here, there's this inane sentence from Andy of, if it's not here, how do you know it's missing? Yeah. And then, then I've watched it again. I thought, hmm, huh, actually, if something's not there, how do you know it's not yes, missing? Yes, exactly. I like, like They lay out all the evidence and they, okay, let's go through all of this and see what's missing. Well, how... How are you going to do that? Clearly, if it's there, it's not missing. So yeah, except so that unless it's me a, off in a whole philosophical I journey. Know, yes. Yeah, you're like, is is Andy actually the wisest man? Yeah, around? there you go. If well, a chocolate you know, bunny disappears in the forest, does anyone hear it? I've got to say, well, it, it does. Just it, the fact that it avoids. <laughs> it does tie into the whole theme of existence and non-existence that yeah. we have seen earlier on. Yeah. So you know, there are obviously there are ways of. Um, forwarding or sort of projecting that theme without it all having to be in some sort of avant-garde, beautifully filmed um, sequence of um, scenes. Now, is it about the bunny? It's not about the bunny. I'm going to go out on him and say it's not going to be about the bunny. I don't think it's about the bunny. But it could possibly be about the bunny. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate bunnies. Um, I love the way that... um, I love the way that Lucy is so coy and says, and I don't want to say this in front of Andy, but I had to pass gas. And I'm she thinking... Talk, she talks about a bubble of gas. A bubble of gas. <laughs> the, hang on. This is... Presumably, this is uh, Lucy and Andy. They've been married for 25 years. Presumably, uh, he's seen her naked. He's probably seen her being sick, in sickness and health. That's a, that's a series of big assumptions there. He has seen... <laughs> presumably, he's seen her give birth to Wally Brando. Really? Did, really? You would have thought Andy was there for the birth? Yeah, he, he's, fa- he he's fainted said, hours earlier. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but he did promise in earlier episodes that, um, you know what, if, if I had to deliver the baby, I'd just deliver the baby mm-hmm. right in front of you and God and everybody. Like, he was he was on board for delivering a baby, so he's seen yeah, some stuff. Yeah, until presented with the reality of delivering yeah, right. a baby. I think Doc A would say, Andy talks a big game. When <laughs> <laughs> he's not crying, he's fainting. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and shooting bad guys every now and again. So Yeah, yeah. I know, he's badass. Yeah. Huh? All right. Um, but, yeah, so the, the thing about that scene, I or the thing about a lot of the, the, the Twin Peaks scenes between Andy and Lucy and Hawk, it's almost like I don't mind that Andy and Lucy are being doofuses. I feel like it cheapens Hawk. I've always liked that he's been the go-getter. Yeah. yeah. Just you know, finds, finds the trail or does the shit, and I thought that was where it was leading in the early episode when he's going looking for the Yeah, yeah the lodge. absolutely. And now he's sort of... Um, comic relief along with the other guys. Well, I, I don't know. I sort of also thought that, um, you know, it's almost like he's talking to two children mm-hmm. and so he's had to adapt his communication style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I would like any American listeners to, if they can, can, can they uh, comment on the, the website? Or yes, the they can. Page you can comment directly on the website. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter, uh, twitter.com, Dave and Lynch, or you can uh, send us an email, Lynch at gmail.com. Awesome. So here's, here's what, what I would love any American listeners to comment and advise us about. That is, um, 
so Truman is sheriff, and when you're sheriff, you can deputise people. But Hawke is also the deputy chief of police. Yeah. Now, how oh. does that work in the justice system in America? Like, <laughs> uh, is he is that like a, a commissioner? Is he also a state a state police? Well, or? is that because Twin Peaks is so small that it has the sheriff's department and the police department are the same? Oh. I'm just making that up. Oh. Way. But, wow. but yes, if there is someone actually who actually really does know. Yes, we yeah, want legal experts. Uh, yeah, yeah, hit us up, Dave and Lynch at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so I think he's. I was really. Yeah, again, I was the same thing with um, with Hawk. I was disappeared because he was the guy who did the legwork. He found a lot of the clues out in the forest. And in fact, there's a, there's a moment from the original Twin Peaks where Cooper's sitting down having a cup of coffee with him. He says, like, uh, Hawk, if I'm ever lost. You're the man I want to come and try and find me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's fantastic. Don't, don't write him off yet. Yeah. Oh, no, no, don't not. write him off. <laughs> I, I, I have got a faith? great deal of faith that Hawk is actually is not going to disappoint us. Awesome. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. All right. And we're back in uh, Las Vegas. Mr. Uh, uh, are we, or are we, I don't think I we're think in Vegas. one more bit, and that is... I don't, uh, did, we a, go, did we go to Vegas this episode? A certain crazy man in the woods. <gasps> oh, yes, that's right, yes. Because oh, no yeah. one is complete without spending eight minutes of their life watching Dr. Jacoby paint shovels. Oh, I've got in my notes, boy, he is painting the shit out of those shovels. <laughs> <laughs> and I just would have loved to be a fly on the wall of everyone's land room when, they, when he finally gets to the last of the shovels. <laughs> and he pushes the pedal, they turn around. And without cutting away, he starts the second layer. And everyone's like, oh, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just like, and he's using a sewing machine pedal, I think, as his second variable. Not only is he painting some shovel, he's doing it. He's in like, a production line, he's like he's he's selling these on eBay or something. He's, he's totally uh, like turning to Steptoe and Son. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little uh, get a machine there. I love that he's still got his Jacoby three D glasses on underneath the gas mask while he's spraying yeah. the thing. So yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So that is that takes us to the end of our little sojourn back to Twin Peaks, uh, and then yes, are we back in Las Vegas? I think we're back we? in we're back in Las Vegas. No. Is no. is the Silver Mustang in Vegas? Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, look out. Spoilers. Okay, spoilers, yes. The silver Mustang. I'm clearly very behind the eight ball here. Where did you think it was? I don't like, know. It's a, it's a <laughs> casino. Well, there's, like, there's casinos in other places in America. Well, well, but, but there aren't. In, uh, America is very... Um, so I lived in America for four years. I lived in Philadelphia. Oh, which brings us to one of the other scenes coming up later on. Um, but, no, there are very few places you can actually have casinos, uh, licensed casinos. Uh, Las Vegas is one of them, so that's why everyone goes to Las Vegas and uh, Nevada. Uh, yeah, Reno, Nevada. So Nevada has laws that allow that. Yeah. Um, and New Jersey does, so you've got Atlantic City. And one of the other main places where casinos pop up is on Indian-held land. Yeah. Um, Native American-held land because they are not subject to, in, you know, in certain jurisdictions, not subject to the laws of the rest of the country. So there's, there's actually the reason why these places have just become gambling meccas is that there's not a lot of that kind of gambling that you can do in any of the states in the United States. And I don't know why they haven't figured that out. In Australia, you can gamble just about anywhere at any time on anything. So Yeah, Um but, now, I don't want to tease you too much here, Nav, but did you see the skyline behind the Silver Mustang Casino? <laughs> oh, clearly I, was, clearly I was thinking about if it's, if, some, if it's not here, how do you know it's missing yeah. at the time? Yeah, right. If it's not in Vegas, how do you know it's not somewhere else? That's exactly right. Now, Hooker with the Heart of Gold, dear Jade, uh, it was just the most fantastic character. I think she's fantastic. She does probably the most to help Cooper out of any, you know, Dougie Cooper out of anyone, 
Still doesn't really help that much, though. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's sort of like, okay, the transaction's done. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, even if the guy had had a stroke. Yeah. Surely you'd, like, you know, call an ambulance or something. Yeah, drop him off at the ER or something. Yeah. No. No, drop him in front of the casino. Here's five bucks. Five go to the bucks. casino. Yeah. yeah. Well. Heart of gold. <laughs> Dude, she's got a four o'clock appointment. You know, yeah. she's got to get going. Um, so then he, so he goes on his own. If indeed, indeed it is the reborn uh, nativity of Cooper, then it is. It's the second coming of Cooper. Yeah, the the, the nativity. Where, where are the where are the wise men? We need three wise men, and we need a manger, and yeah. Instead, we've got a revolving door. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did love that. I, I just giggled watching that. It was pretty funny. You knew it was going to happen, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, yeah, even more symbolically, like, um, entering the, the lodges like that, you've got to be in the right place in time and space. And he was at the right place in space, but just couldn't get the timing right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got this newborn Cooper. Oh, yeah, I should point out the... when. Up until this point where Cooper's in, he's in purple room and he's in the red room, he's talking normally and he seems to be functioning normally. Now, he doesn't say too much, but at least he can talk and think and read and do all that stuff. He has just completely, in this newborn, newborn nativity of Cooper, has just, he's lost all powers. Well, yeah, so, a, a baby in a grown man's body, right? Yeah. So what's your theory on that? Do you reckon he's lost his, is it, let's, let's be politically incorrect and say he's lost his brain for yep. the time being. Has he lost his brain because he went non-existent? Is that, is that where it went wrong? Um, or has he lost his brain because he went through the different outlet and because of the Dougie situation? Is it just because uh, Bad Coop is still alive and he would he would get it back automatically if he was the only one? What I do you reckon? I think that? it's more to do with the fact there's two of them in the world. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think, but I think this might have been like a like a motion sickness or a jet lag. I think this thing probably would have happened anyway. I okay. think really? I, I think it probably would have happened. And the other thing, he's been in the lodge for twenty five years, and his only interaction with people is people that talk backward and are yeah. weird as shit. <laughs> and all of a all of a sudden, he's back in a world where everything is normal again. I think he's just kind of just got a bit of jet lag and trying to shake it okay. off a bit. So, yeah. and it, look, he'll get there eventually. It's long and Lynch, you know, and he's um, we all want answers. Yeah. Lynch doesn't want to give answers, and the way he creates suspense is by not giving answers and drawing things out as long as possible. So I've got a feeling there's going to be a long road to recovery yeah. before yeah. Good Coop comes back. And like you guys have said before, if you look at this as an 18-part movie rather than a TV show where each episode is its own thing, when people are saying, come on, for God's sake, Coop, get it, get it get together because I want to see you be cool for 20 episodes, it's like, well, if the journey is that you don't want that payoff in the first third of the movie. Yeah, like yeah. That's what... Yeah, we're only, we're only through the, in the first act, really, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, so then he's in a, he's in this casino, um, and speaking of powers, he's he's sees the flame. It's it's like the, the Bengals, the eternal flame. <laughs> yes, there you go. Now, that's also the only... Or the first so far real callback to... The original music from Twin Peaks. Yeah, there's that sort of it guitar, is, yeah. the guitar, bring yeah. yeah. strum. Yeah, that's right. We do see it first time when when Dougie re-enters the lodge. When Dougie gets flipped and he's back in the lodge, we, that's the first time we hear that guitar yep. strum. Yep. And then it's every time he sees this lodge, it's now it's the bring yeah. ringing guitar. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So again, the, even though that music was such an integral part of the original Twin Peaks and it's been so rarely used so far. Mm. Um, he really is, when he is using it, it's to maximum effect. Yeah, he's doing it really it's, intentionally. It's certainly yeah. very noticeable, that's for sure. Are we ready to go to my favourite place? 
Philadelphia. I was going to say it's Philadelphia. Oh, I live because I lived in that place uh, for four years. Got very fond uh, memories of there, um, and Philadelphia is not in that many movies and TV shows. But so when you do see Rocky. it, you get like, yeah, was it Rocky? Oh, that's one of my favorites. Philadelphia. Uh, the actual thing called Philadelphia. Twelve oh, Monkeys. Really? I, I, I didn't know that. I thought that, that was in Las Vegas. I thought that was in India. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh man, the, I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> um, yeah, Twelve Monkeys. Um, the but yeah, Philadelphia and um, David Lynch himself used to live in Philadelphia when he was much younger. Um, but always that Philadelphia skyline, it's so recognisable. You've got the statue of uh, William Penn at the top of City Hall there, and the two buildings in the back there, the Liberty Buildings. If I'm sure, if I pause that, I would be able to triangulate and look at the apartment block that I used to live in for four years over there. I still, every time I look at it, I just go like, "Oh God, it's Philadelphia!" But even more exciting, you weren't excited about Philadelphia. You were excited about who we met in Philadelphia. Oh, I'm so excited about Gordon. And Cole. Oh. And Albert, to be fair, I mean, oh, yes. Albert's a real prick, but I, I actually have a very soft spot for him. Yeah. The, I, I love Albert so far. I haven't quite seen enough of the awesome zingers that Albert used to used to have. He's chilled a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, think, yeah. I don't know. There's a few, I mean, there's a few ones in there, but he's never actually confronting another person like Old Truman, you know. You know yeah. what, hey, that's exactly right. What, like, the, hell, I mean, what uh, the hell kind of monkey show are they yeah, running from this treehouse keeper? I'll look at Andy just go woof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, ha- he has. He's still in the big city. He needs to go back out to Hicksville in order to to really come to the fore. Yeah, yeah. So this is as well as seeing Gordon Cole again and seeing the amazing Albert Rosenfeld again. This is the first time we see Agent Tammy Preston. Yeah, and. She doesn't do too much in this scene, but uh, there is some controversy around her casting. She's been David Lynch's muse for the yeah. last couple of years. Oh, right. So he hasn't made movies in the last few years, but he, I think he produced He's done some album. DJ stuff with the, her, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there's stuff. a lot of people that are like, who, why is this musician in Twin Peaks? But uh, to be fair, he's always cast musicians uh, for right or wrong uh, in Twin Peaks. Um, we know David, based, Bowie. David Bowie's uh, been in there. We've had Chris Isaacs. Um, Julie Cruz was Julie Cruz was a cast member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also we've got um, we Trent, Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor's right? going to come up at some point. So yeah, Eddie yeah, Vedder is going to come. That's up. right. Oh, yes. There you go. So yeah, he's um, no stranger to casting other types of entertainers and artists in his in his work. So yeah, I I didn't bat it. I look, I did not familiar with Christabel's work. Um, so to me, she's always just been an actor because I'm not. So I don't know her as a musician. So. Yeah, there there have been a few people in this new season where the the performance hasn't felt quite right, and I think we mentioned um, the wife yeah. of, of Bill Hastings yeah, was Phyllis. one where Phyllis. Oh yeah, felt yeah. A bit weird. yeah. And so far, I've felt the same way about Tammy Preston. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Tammy Preston. Yeah. And and because when it's an FBI agent, I mean, what what do you want in your FBI agents now? Like you want to? I'm a Clarice Starling man. Yeah, fuck yeah, you know. that's right. <laughs> Just coming and being like kick ass, and yet she's sort of going for the whole sultry thing. It's almost sashaying those hips, like yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I, that might appeal to the two of you. No, but I'm kind doesn't. of like yes, oh, it man, does. Like, really? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, I, I can be man about it and say yeah, sorry. No, not, uh, I'm going <laughs> to say it's the equivalent of when uh, Donna was trying to be Audrey Horn in oh, yes. Series 2 and you're just like, you're not fooling anyone. Yep. It's more than just swinging the hips exactly. and raising the eyebrows. And yeah. smoking a cigarette. That's right. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting out of Tammy Preston so far. Yeah. I hope that she turns it around. In fact, my notes are, it looks stupid rather than seductive. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I agree. 
Um, but she's but importantly, the reason why she's in that room with with Cole and with Rosenfeld and the other agents is because she's investigating the murder of Sam and Tracy. Yes. Yeah. Which I can't believe the number of cameras that were focused on that thing. How they didn't get, they like, said, like, oh, we only got this one blurry image of this thing, and we're not sure what it was. I'm thinking, dude, there was like 15 cameras trained on every single aspect of that, and they presumably were able to subpoena or seize all of the little data recording cassettes that had been, or memory cards or whatever, that had been taping this thing. How was this entire scene not just captured in glorious Technicolor from 15 different angles? Mate. Kyle MacLachlan was within that that glass case and was re- reduced going boom, boom, exactly. boom. Exactly, and not one camera sweat. got it. And you're thinking the weirdest thing is that I like, I think it's amazing they got anything. Yeah, true, true. Okay, well, I guess, you know, if the denizens of the Black Lodge can affect electricity and, and famously, if you see um, videotapes of paranormal activity... You, they are often associated with uh, exactly. static and weird things. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, cool. I'm not surprised. Okay, this, actually, you're right. Actually, if they've got video of the killer, why haven't they got video of Cooper? Yeah, mm. I actually, uh, I'm gonna. This is a segue, and I'm sorry for. Uh, we can cut this out if it goes too long. But I spent a night in uh, a, a haunted house in Juneau near Wagga a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. Wagga's was, in country New South Wales. So, for, oh yes. for those from outside Australia. Um, so I was in a film called Muir House mm. that was based on real events that had happened in that house, and I stayed overnight at the house. Yep. Um, it is a really. There have been a heap of sightings um, uh, at the Monte Cristo Lodge, and we were out back with the owners and they've got screens of all the different rooms yeah. uh, and just with night vision so that you can see what's happening at any yeah. given time. Yep. And uh, while we were just sitting there having tea, there was no one else in the house and at 1am exactly um, in one of the rooms, just all these little, it was almost like snowflakes just started um, just going to, across the screen and there was no explanation for it. There was no, it wasn't like ghosts. It didn't look like, it didn't have human form but it was not something that was real at all, but it was unmistakable. And we all went in to investigate and there was nothing else in there. Um, the the cord started moving of its own accord. Um, what I'm saying, I guess, so is you're, that so you're this shit happens, I believe. <laughs> you're a believer. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. You don't think that was actually just like a videotape that they were playing and they just like, oh, hang around till one no, o'clock because I'm, I'm sure. because that... when one of the guys went in, um, I saw him on the screen. So it was... And then when he left, he was still oh, exactly. on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Bowie yeah, walked in. Exactly. Like, don't talk about Judy. No, we're not talking about Judy. That... We need to talk about that off mic because that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. I may be able to send you the link to the the video I've got of it, and it was on my on my phone that I recorded it. It's not great quality, but it's enough for you to watch it and say that's weird. Is there was there any? <laughs> can we put it on the? Can we put it on the Absolutely, we'll put it on the website, DaveAndLynch.com. Yeah, wow. All right, so now we've now we've got people that believe in ghosts. We've got people that believe in uh, the nativity, the second coming of Cooper. Wow, amazing. Um, is there anything we need to do to wrap up this episode? Oh, come on. I mean, one of the things we've talked about in the last couple of episodes is that Lynch is bringing new stuff and is there, you know, is there enough in there for, for fans? But I, I feel like in this episode he's given us a little something that um, to to appease the, the old fans of, of Twin Peaks and it comes in this lovely exchange between Gordon and Albert where um, Gordon's had the call that they've found Cooper in somewhere in South Dakota and he says to Albert, we're going to South Dakota... And um, Albert says, because, you know, Albert is thrilled about any of this kind of stuff, being the big city guy that he is, says, great, I've always wanted to go to Mount Rushmore. And Cole says, 
It's good you want to hurry. We fly at dawn. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm loving the fact that we are going to see a lot more, well, potentially see a lot more of Albert. And I feel, I feel like this is the new, this is the new bromance. Uh, so we used to have Cooper and Truman. Now we've got Agent Cole and Agent Rosenfeld. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and I feel like Albert has actually delivered possibly the line of the of the of this part, and possibly the entire Twin Peaks franchise by saying an absurd mystery about the strange forces of existence. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Sums it up beautifully. All right. Well, that just about wraps up part three for us. Thanks so much for listening. Um, uh, I think. Well, we don't need this, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't farewell. It's just goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, listen, if you need to have a look at any of the things that we've mentioned, definitely visit the website, davevanlynch.com, and uh, we hope to see you soon. If you like it, tell your friends. It's the best way they can get to find out about uh, what we're doing here. Rate us on iTunes. Give us a great rating. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, then. See you later. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to Damn Fine Commentary with Dave and Lynch. For the complete list of show notes and all the links, visit our website, daveandlynch.com. And if you like the show, there's two things you can do to really help us out. First, tell all your friends. And second, take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference and helps other people find us. Look, did we miss anything? Do you have a comment, a question or a suggestion? Drop us a line at daveandlynch at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on your social media of choice. We're at twitter.com slash daveandlynch, facebook.com slash daveandlynch, instagram.com slash daveandlynch. <laughs> yep, you get the picture. We're everywhere. Thanks for listening.